Hi, it's Mel. Hey, it's Juge. And you're listening to the Since Day One podcast, where we talk about sweet conversations about nothing and valuable conversations about everything. Remember to follow this podcast to receive notifications of our next episodes. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about what we learned during quarantine. So one of the first things that Mel and I wanted to talk about was just as quarantine is slowly coming to an end and phase two is starting to open up in Florida, we just wanted to like go back and look at what happened during quarantine, what we learned, what were some things that we did, um, what did God teach us, just to like kind of just have that summary, like to really take advantage of the time and actually learn instead of just like complaining that quarantine sucked and wow, isolation and I haven't seen my friends in four months. I think the one thing that I learned about myself was that I have more leadership skills than I thought. Because I think when I was younger, um, I thought of myself as a leader, but I think I was just a really bossy kid. And that's not really leadership, that's dictatorship. So, um, and then in high school, I think in order to just avoid conflict, I let others lead and I just became a follower because I was like, oh, it's just better that way. Like, I don't have to impose what I want. And then, which is like good, it's important for you to know when to step down as well. But I think everyone inside of us also has like leadership qualities. I just didn't see that in me. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of last year in 2019, I really felt on God putting on my heart to open a life group or a small group for high school and college girls based around Bible journaling and just being creative with the word of God. But I kept pushing it off because I was like, no one really likes me. No one will be interested. Side point, Julia is super nice. Julia is, um, (laughs) everyone, she makes everyone feel welcome. So I don't know why she was feeling this way. Thanks. And I decided to just go for it because I was like, well, this way I don't even have to like have people come over to my house. And if no one shows up, I have like warm cookies on the counter and no one's eating them. Like it's on Zoom. So if no one's there, I just turn off after five minutes and it's fine. Um, And at the first meeting, I honestly thought like four people were going to show up. I was like, okay, like this is fine. But 13 people actually came to just be creative and meditate on the word of God. And I was just in awe. And not only that, but we had girls from all over the world we had people from the u.s we had people from brazil from colombia canada yeah it just like exploded into something international that i wasn't even expecting and i don't say this to like boast about what a great leader i am or what a great like small group it became because all the glory goes to god but i think what i really learned and what he showed me is that i don't need to think i'm a great leader in order to actually lead a group as long as i have a willing heart and i trust him he's going to give me the skills because God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. Of the story of Moses, right? Moses mm-hmm. lead a, like a whole group of people, and Moses was like, uh, yeah. I can't speak. I do not have mm-hmm. a leader. And God's like, who made you? Who made your exactly? Mouth? Who made your eyes, your brain? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the, the ability to do so. And that's mm-hmm. literally what we fall into every day, right? Those Exactly. I think that the, the thing that I've most learned about myself is that God is sufficient in me that I don't need mm. other like friendships or relationships to complete me. And I've learned that that is okay. That is okay. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a moment that you need to be alone, there's a moment you need to recharge and a moment to just yeah. do your own routine and not depend on other people. That is okay. Mm-hmm. And that's necessary. It made me grow a lot in my relationship with God. Um, and understand who I am as a person opposed mm-hmm. to just putting my identity on my routine and who yes. I am as parents or in my mm-hmm. relationships and my friendships that I, I learned how to evaluate my own emotions and what I feel mm-hmm. and identify myself with being a 
uh, child of God, um, someone that's loved by him, chosen by him. Um, and I have to have confidence in that. That's what I have mm-hmm. to have confidence in. And everything else is just in second plan. Mm-hmm. And I've also started Bible journaling because of <laughs> you, which was amazing. She has in- influenced me in multiple ways <laughs> throughout this quarantine. We've talked a lot and I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for you. I love you. Oh, I'm so grateful <laughs> for you. Because that's a way that God can use you too, right? To attract yeah. new followers and um, mm-hmm. just spread his gospel it's just been really fun it's been also really positive for self-growth yeah in myself with god my relationship with him and that Mm -hmm. i'm basing my whole um experience of quarantine in and those positive eyes instead of negative Mm -hmm. if you can find the good and be grateful for it and thank god for it even in the hard times and he really molds your heart. He shapes your heart and he gives you more good things. You know, if you're always complaining, God's not going to want to give you good things because he's like, well, I did, but you didn't even notice. Why am I going to give you more? But if you have a grateful heart, then he's going to want to overflow your life with blessings because he knows that you're going to appreciate it, that you're going to acknowledge him. And he just wants to put that favor upon you. But it all starts with you making the decision to be grateful and to be positive. Yeah. Um, we have that habit of looking negative, negatively in things we don't understand, right? Mm-hmm. Even, even when God gives us tribulations or situations that we don't really understand, we always hate on it. Or if a person mm-hmm. is different than I am, like we hate on it. Like, oh, she lives that way. That's so weird. I've been really praying for God to help me see other people and help me see situations in his eyes. This habit of being quick to speak, right? Yeah. To speak like, oh, I want mm-hmm. my opinion quickly. I want to give my opinion now. Mm-hmm. And just really listening to the Holy Spirit and 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 letting Him guide you and be like, mm-hmm. don't say that. Yes, don't say that. You have so much to learn. If we don't really understand something, we do have to learn how to. There's a verse on it. There's literally a verse. Yeah. Be be so slow to speak. Please listen yeah. more than you speak. Right. Yes. No, that's so good. Um, it's actually one thing that has been a really big theme. In that book that I was telling you about this week, The Calvary Road, um, in the last chapter I read, it talks about the qualities of Jesus and how in order for the Holy Spirit to rest on us and uh, for us to actually feel the Holy Spirit, we need to embody those characteristics that Jesus was. And they were talking about how like the Holy Spirit is a dove and that Jesus was the lamb and that he was a silent lamb because when people would accuse him and when people would talk trash about him and people were always like, who do you think you are? He was never like, I am God. Like he was never like rub it in their faces. Like even though he could, because he literally was God and he could be like, I am sinless. He never did that. He was always silent. And the book was talking about how we have to be more silent. We can't just expect and always impose our own ideas and defend ourselves because self-defense and I never realized this until I was reading the book it's a form of pride and that was something that like when I read that it like hit me so hard because I never thought I was a prideful person like I honestly thought I was like no like I'm pretty chill like I'm a humble girl and then I started reading this book and I was like pride 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 and I was like oof that hurts but one of the things is self-defense because in self-defense you want to put yourself higher than other people even though you think you're just defending yourself because you're right but you don't need to always be right. Sometimes you can you can know that you're right, but stay quiet in order to avoid conflict or bigger sins, you know, bitterness, hatred with other people. When we're practicing self-defense, 
it's we don't we're not talking to listen like we're not listening right we're just mm. to be heard like we want to talk yeah. louder or talk like over mm -hmm. the person because we want our point to be taken across and that's not compromise yeah. that's not meeting in the middle mm -hmm. and i am so guilty of that too same because i want to get my point across it can be used for such a positive thing but it can be used for a negative mm -hmm. thing too right how many times do we have to actually like to, to look at ourselves and be like, caraca. <laughs> Y'all, we're bilingual. Sometimes it's hard, okay? Sometimes the Portuguese just comes out. <laughs> For those that don't know, we're, we're, our fans are from Brazil, so we see Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyways, caraca is like, oh my gosh. Um, but, um, oh my gosh, we, we have to self-evaluate and be like, am I really just, like, am I arguing? Am I trying to be... Mm -hmm. oh, trying to get my point across and not listen to the other side or am I yeah. having a good mature discussion but I also shut down when people go against me like I know with Davi my boyfriend like sometimes like we just have these discussions and like we have different points of view and he's just very like calm and like go with the flow like I'm getting my point across and we're like chill and I'm just like yelling and I'm like you don't understand you're not listening to me and like really I'm the one who's not listening I'm the one who's just shutting down and refuses to accept his point of view when like sometimes you don't have to agree like if it's my dad this is like one thing that my dad told me when I first started dating and like I take it for everything now like every friendship I have anything and he said Julia if you're discussing and it's not a matter of literal eternal life and eternal death it is not a point of salvation then you don't have to agree and you don't have to be right. You can just simply agree to disagree and be like, okay, I see your point. I don't agree. We can move on from this because we don't have to agree. He's like, unless it's like, oh, Jesus did not die for your sins. He's like, you don't need a fight. And like, that's something that like, whenever I, like, it's very hard to catch myself because sometimes I just go, but when I catch myself, I'm like, wait, this isn't important. Isn't that crazy? We uh, in our minds, when we're discussing, when we're arguing, or mm -hmm. like, when we're trying to get a point across, it's kind of like one side against the other. But in yeah. reality, it's not, right? It's both people against one problem. Yes. Like, so if we have together. a reality mm -hmm. of team, like you and your boyfriend, you guys are a team. You guys are trying to work mm -hmm. together. If you guys don't look at, like, one side over the other and, like, trying to fight who go, who's going to win the argument, mm -hmm. um, or even just our relationship with our parents or, you know, yeah. family member, if it's not one against the other, it's a team mm -hmm. trying to work together. There's a problem. There's a situation. Exactly. And as you said, as your dad said, there's we don't need to win or like mm -hmm. most of the time there isn't like a solution. It's just two different minds. Let's go to something a little bit more light before we dive into more deep conversation. <laughs> what is a new hobby that you picked up during quarantine that you want to keep up? I think of the Bible journaling for sure. Mm -hmm. My exercise, my, you know. Yes. Now is a hobby if you think about it. No, it's mm -hmm. no, something that I really like to do and I need to actually prioritize that. So that's mm -hmm. something that I've been doing. Um, and I think that's it. That, those are the two main things, like the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you? I think mine is baking. <laughs> I started baking. So I, I slowed down a little bit because life just got busy as things started opening up again but it's something that I really want to keep up because I started like doing some like really crazy things and a lot of it failed like I know Mel knows because I would post on my Instagram stories like my bread's not rising or looking like this lump of poop 
like honestly one of my breads just came out so it I don't know what went wrong but it's something that I was like really enjoying like experimenting new recipes and I also really liked doing low carb baking which was because then you don't feel as guilty eating it if you know that it's not like uh-huh. so sugary or so carby you know and that was really fun like experimenting with different flours and different sugars and it's definitely like something I want to keep doing even though like you know the weight kind of went up because of this new hobby so we need to maybe moderate it. I'm sure that we've done stuff that we don't even remember currently yeah uh-huh. it's been like four months so much has happened in four months okay yeah um What's the biggest thing God taught you, Ju? It was be still and move. So I know that's like really like contradicting itself. So I'll try to like explain it a little bit. But in the beginning of quarantine for the first maybe five weeks, there was a lot of themes in my life about exodus and desert and wilderness and mountains. And I was like, God, like, what are you trying to do? Like, I don't understand. So I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to read exodus and see where it goes and what God teaches me. And while studying, I saw this sermon, and the sermon the pastor was talking about when God split the sea for the Israelites, and just before this miracle happened in Exodus 14, 14, and verse 15, Moses in verse 14 says, y'all, just chill. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And then, cool, that sounds awesome. And, like, that's the verse that we all use to encourage one another. And we're like, yo, you don't need to do anything. Like, God's going to do this. But literally, if you look at the verse after, which no one does, in verse 15, God says, okay, tell the Israelites to move. And once the Israelites start moving, that's when the miracle happens. And that's when God splits the sea and they cross and the Egyptians are destroyed and all that. And what the pastor was saying and what I've really taken away from it was that in order to have a blessed life and a life where God continually does miracles in our life and we see those miracles, we need to live a life in surrender to God, which is the part of being still, of just like being able to know that I am not in control and I need to pray and give it to God. And that's the part of being still. But you need to do your part. You need to go. Like in the things that you have responsibility, you need to take action. So I think like that was the biggest thing for me is like be still and move because I'm very much a move person like I want to do things like I get an idea in my head I'm doing it I'm working towards it but I rarely am still where I surrender it to God so that's one of the things that like God's been like teaching me is like you need to let go of control like you're so good at taking action but now you need to like sit back and let me do the miracle and let me do the work that's actually my favorite verse I have it like on my wall um uh, the biggest thing that God taught me also be still in a different way and God's like calm down and just teaching me his time yeah I have to wait and be patient in his time Mm -hmm. that time will be the perfect time not my time not the time that I think that should be it should be but Mm -hmm. um, the time that he wants to reveal himself and like just give him give me um exactly what I need not exactly what I want so God has been literally just changing my life around Mm -hmm. the past couple of weeks and um, in my perspective of the future and what I need to do and sometimes what I don't need to do. I don't Mm -hmm. need to rush or I don't need to um, be thinking about the next step or the last step when God Mm -hmm. wants me to appreciate and learn from this step right here. And another thing, which has been the, like the, the, my... (laughs) Part of the year is position myself to position. Mm. So um, I used to always put um, some excuses on things that I need to, I, it needed to be done 
for God, mm -hmm. but I never positioned myself to do them. So mm -hmm. here I am trying to encourage myself to position myself more and actually mm -hmm. make excuses for um, a, a sin or make excuses for um, lack of surrender, but actually surrender yeah. position myself and do that. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I think just going back to your first point, you were talking about how sometimes things aren't going to happen in our timing and we don't need to rush it. And it made me think of that devotional that we were doing think two days ago um about purpose and it was saying that like god will give us a calling but that doesn't mean that we're gonna start our calling like the next 30 minutes like oh i'm gonna i don't know lead a ministry at church and it's not like in 30 minutes you have the whole ministry set up like god is preparing you in like different seasons and sometimes it'll take you years to get to that calling or that uh ultimate purpose that god has but in all the process in your routine in your day-to-day -day life he's preparing you in like different situations like if you get annoyed at a coworker, like how are you reacting to that because if you're in ministry and someone annoys you like you can't like blow up on them so are you able to control yourself in a normal setting uh -huh. so just like things like that I'm just like sometimes we think like God's being so slow like he's not doing things the way I think he should be doing it but in reality maybe he's just preparing us and we're so focused on like the end goal that we don't take time to learn in the process because he's not gonna give us something we can't handle right mm -hmm. so, um what you just said is so important like how are you going to not know how to control your anger in a work environment but want to do mm -hmm. ministry and how you're gonna control your anger there um yesterday mm -hmm. I was with a small group and I said exactly that I read Hebrews 6 and mm -hmm. um it talks about the promise of Abraham and everything and we talked about how the disobedience that we sometimes mm -hmm. have um, can put on hold the promises of God for our lives, right? Ooh. The Israelites, when they're in the, where they, they were in the desert and a trip that was supposed to take two months lasted 40 years and most yeah. of them didn't even enter the promised land. So our, mm -hmm. God, not go, God does not lie, but he's not going to give you something that you're not ready to handle. So big for me right now, how am I going to position myself to be better, to do better, to, to, um, to get to the point where God's like, no, I'm going to give you the promise that I have for your life, but you're prepared now, you know? Yeah. Like he has a sovereign time and he has a perfect movement for everything he does and it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like, you just need to surrender. Like, you need to trust that he's making a way. Surrender that the miracle will come. He's going to help you and guide you and do your part, which is what the second thing you said was, like, position yourself. Like, okay, like, you know what you need to do. You can't just sit and be like, okay, God, do it. Like, you actually need to be active about it and do it, you know. So what is one good thing? I know we've talked a lot about this, but, like, in a maybe it doesn't have to be, like, a very spiritual way. But, like, what is just one good thing that happened during quarantine? Um, I was able to just rest, mm. just rest. I have a really hectic schedule with church and with my family and stuff. Mm -hmm. So the ability to be able to stay home and um, I know it's selfish. I love to work. I love to work in the ministry. I love to work in the ministry. Mm -hmm. wrong. But um, even God rested. So who am I to think exactly. that? Exactly. I, I was just going to say, I'm like, I don't think it's selfish because if God of the universe who had every right to be selfish, if he wanted to be, 
after working six days to make planet earth he's like mm, i'm a chill too like i'm a rest i'm gonna take a break like why do we think that we're we don't have that same right yeah. you know like why do we feel we're guilty above, like we're above that like the we don't yeah we yeah so yeah, that's definitely my, important um i just loved it i just love being able to rest to have my own mm-hmm. schedule during the day to um read as much as i want to read to exercise as mm-hmm. much as i want to exercise and that's something that i really like during this quarantine I think for me, it was just seeing friendships grow or even be mended. I know I had like a broken friendship and for three years we didn't talk. And then through quarantine, God like moved in our hearts and we were able to just restore that. And also just strengthening friendships that I had with people over the year, which is like really weird to say because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I lost connection with my friends during quarantine because I couldn't see them. But for me, it was the complete opposite. Um... So, like, people, like, I think it was, like, male, actually, because we've been friends our whole life, like, we said, like, 20 years we've been friends, and we were the kind of people who, like, you know those friends, where you talk every couple months, and then, like, yeah, when you talk, you pick up right where you left off, it's not, like, awkward, it's not weird, and we'll talk for, like, three hours every couple months and catch up on everything, Um, but I think, like, during this quarantine, our friendship really solidified of where we just went to a deeper level of just talking every day and talking about like deep things, not just like superficial, like how's school and how's work and how's this, but like actually like talking about God, actually like growing together. And I think that's been really cool. And I've seen that with other friendships too. And I don't know, it's just been really cool to see that. And I really, like, I thank God that in quarantine it happens because I think being so introverted, Mm -hmm. sometimes I don't take advantage of like building friendships. I just kind of coast through them. I think I don't, I didn't appreciate people enough. And now I'm just like, wow, I miss hugs. I miss grabbing coffee. <laughs> like I miss just sitting down together. I need serotonin in my body. Give me a hug. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, and that comes to our next point, right? How have you been dealing with your emotions and sense of isolation during this time? Well, it's like an introvert's dream. So like I was so happy I was like this is great like isolation yes um but that doesn't mean like all days were like super holly jolly wow this is amazing like there were some rough days where like I did miss seeing people or like people started hanging out and my parents were just kind of like oh I don't really feel like Mm -hmm. comfortable with you going out Um, and one thing that really helped me was just to journal my feelings I love to write so sometimes after my devotion I would just grab my prayer notebook and I would just start like journaling my um emotions and everything that's awesome so um yeah so I, I was not dealing with a lot of stress or you know tough emotions during quarantine mm-hmm. i've been really close to my family and yeah. that's what helped me deal with any emotions or any yeah. isolation is the fact that me and my family are so much closer now because we spent three months in y'all are like tiktok famous <laughs> y'all were entertaining <laughs> entertaining everyone like these people were like shooting out TikToks, guys. Like, every day I just see TikToks. Follow me on TikTok. No, I'm joking. No, it, it was a fun moment for us to yes. just get together and dance around. And I think mm-hmm. TikTok, it wasn't more about the videos. It was more about of our distraction. Yeah. To be able to just laugh together um, mm-hmm. of everything that's going on. So yeah. I think that's the way I've been dealing with my emotions. Just I'm in climbing more with my family, just just being more close to them. And mm-hmm. honestly, not that bad. It's funny that Mel's like, yeah, because I've gotten closer to my family because like 
I feel like we're the humans who are like the closest to our family in the whole world because we're already so attached to our families. So like the fact that we're like, yeah, we got closer to our families is like, how much closer can we get? Because like, like we were homeschooled our whole lives. We lived with our family 24-7 and like in quarantine, nothing really changed. But yes, Julie, so close. It's so crazy, right? We're not normal. Mm -hmm. And no. that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. What is other people's definition of normal? We don't need to be a mm-hmm. people's definition of normal. But exactly. we are close with our family more than, I think, 90% of the... Oh, 100%. Like, honestly, like, we do everything together with our families. Like, people... Like, honestly, if you were to ask me, like, who are my best friends, it'd probably be my family. Like, my mom, my dad, and my brother, just because, like, we do everything together. And like, I know for some people, it's just like, no, I want to run away from my family. But I'm just like, can I stay forever? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. I know how you feel. But anyways, guys, I think that kind of sums up our podcast. I hope you guys learned something and maybe causes you to reflect on things that you have learned and what God's been teaching you and maybe take some time to write it down. And so you don't forget because when the next time something hard hits, you know, you have something that you can look back and see God's favor and like what God did in your life. We have been posting on Instagram. So if you mm-hmm. guys can go there and check it out and follow us um, and comment something that God has taught you during this tough time. Yeah. This, this moment where everyone's just self-reflecting and um, learning a lot because of everything that's going mm-hmm. on in the whole world. Um, write something down there. Yeah. Give it, uh, make it an opportunity to journal or share something that um god has taught you yeah for sure we hope to see you guys on our next episode but we love you guys and thanks for listening bye